the CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... E.G. Marshall. Do you believe in prophecies? In seers and clairvoyance? Do you believe that certain people are gifted with second sight? In particular, the descendants of dark and tortured histories like the Celts? Then this story is for you. But if you are a non-believer, perhaps it is even more important you listen and learn. Something that Jed Burgess refused to do in time. Bunty, are you trying to chase us away? It's not up to me. <laughs> you don't think I believe all that nonsense. That's up to you. Just one more thing. The name of a girl who died rather than be shamed. It was the same name as your wife's, Lorna. Our mystery drama... Man-Sized in Marble was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Paul Hecht and Roberta Maxwell. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Greyhound Package Express. I'll be back shortly with Act One. In the Shire of Argyle, south of the inlet to Loch Lynn, lies the island of Mull. Still sparsely settled, its moors roamed by fierce highland cattle. Lonely, washed by mist and winds from the sea, its buildings ancient and haunted by bloody history. It is the perfect setting for a ghost story, which is what you're about to hear. Every word of this story is true as despair. I do not expect people to believe it. They all said we were hallucinating. There is even the suggestion that we were under the influence of drugs. Not so. But it doesn't matter. My wife, whom I loved beyond everything, is dead. I might as well be. If only I had brushed aside Lorna's voices from the beginning. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, Jed. Lorna, what, what is it? What, wait, wait, wait. I'll, I'll get the light. Oh. What is it, my darling? I... Is it a, a nightmare? It's a mother. mother. Well, what about your mother? She's... She's going to die. You mean you dreamed that she she's was... She's going to die. I know. But how? I saw it happen. She was in a taxi from the airport. And out of nowhere, a great big lorry. You know, a, a truck. Oh, I, I knew I should never have let her go home to Scotland. I could feel death around no, her. No, my darling, you, you... I did with Dad before he died. I can always feel it. I should never have let her go back. Well, you know how she was looking forward to the visit. Well, who was there for her to see, really? No relatives, no friends. Well, she wanted to see the country she was born in. I don't want her to die there. I've got to go right away and bring her back. Darling, don't you see? I've got to try and stop it happening. Now, Lorna, let's be sensible. No. 
That's what I was with Dad. I didn't listen to my voice. I didn't believe the vision. Not this time. I'd never forgive myself if anything happens. And at least I didn't try. Well, okay, baby. I'll, I'll call the airlines and book two tickets on the first flight we can get out. Two? Well, you don't think I'd let you go alone, do you? Why not? I thought it might be fun. We could afford it. I just got an advance on my new book, and we could make a vacation out of it. Of course, I didn't believe Lorna's ESP or whatever you want to call it. It was just part of that sensitive, fey, mystical heritage she had from her Scottish forebears. The wild inner vision that illuminated all her canvases and made her so successful as a designer and illustrator. So we flew to Scotland. And somewhere in those lost hours that mysteriously have to do with the turning planet, we were too late. When we arrived in Glasgow, Lorna's mother had died, just as she predicted. And for two terrible weeks, Lorna was in the hospital, shattered. That's your friendly husband, darling. You are a friend indeed, and in need. What would I do without you? Well, it's an idea I don't even want to think about. Hey, sitting up, do you feel well enough to fly home? Jed, I... Yes, darling, uh, go on, what? I don't want to go home for a while. I I just can't face friends and business, and I just want to run away and hide. Can we do that, please? Just us, alone somewhere, till I get myself sort of put back together again. Well, we can do anything you want, Lorna. You got any place in mind? Mother used to talk a lot about... about some wonderfully happy summers she spent on... On the Isle of Mull. Besides, can we try that? Sure, any place you say. What was that little shudder just now? Oh, nothing, darling. Just I'm a little cold. She was my life. So we came to Mull found an inn and started poking about looking for some kind of cottage for a couple of months. We found our home the same day as we stumbled on that damnable church. Not that we thought so then. Isn't it stunning, Jim? Yeah. Surprising. It's so large on this small island. It's, it's massive, really. That heavy oak door is studded with iron. Yeah. With Norman arches. And you see how the walls of the nave slope outward. Yes, they do. Hey, is that safe? The whole idea. These walls were built without mortar between the stones. If the walls of the church were ever to collapse, the architects didn't want them to fall in on the congregation. You see this in all the old cathedrals, Reims, Charters, Glasgow. I'd say this was built no later than the 12th century. Oh, that is old. Uh, excuse me, but the young lady is quite right. It was uh, finished actually about 1132, according to the records. Oh, that is... Excuse me, allow me to introduce myself. I'm uh, the local sawbones, Dr. Duncan McConaughey. Oh, how do you do, sir? My name is Jed Burgess, and this is my wife, Lorna. How do you do? L Lorna? Uh, now, there's a good Scottish name. We're Americans, but my parents were born here. Their name was Campbell. Uh, aye, that's a name would be likely here in Argoshire. <laughs> Although you'd uh, want to be sure you came from the right side of the family. 
We've got a couple of the wrong ones buried in here. Where? Uh, you'll want to come over here by the chancel to see. Oh, Jed. Aren't the stained glass windows lovely? Mm-hmm, they are. And uh, with the sunlight streaming in, I... But they'll look a bit eldritch by moonlight when the black oak of the choir pews makes them melt away in the shadows and our two bully boys stand out in their white marble armor. As he pointed, we looked to see that on each side of the altar stretched on a marble slab as white as the stone he was carved from lay the figure of a knight in full plate armor, their hands held up in everlasting prayer. So white was the marble that they stood out in bold relief against the age-blacked granite walls. And you say those figures are candles? Uh, I don't really know who they were. As you can see, someone's chiseled away their names. They were hard, evil old men. So wicked, apparently, that a bolt of lightning, which our islanders say was the vengeance of heaven, struck the house they lived in down by the water there, gutting it of everything but the bare stone walls. Well, yes, I saw a house uh, by the water, but that's been restored, surely. Oh, aye. Uh, eventually, someone took it over, thatched over what was left, and made a rather charming sort of cottage out of it. It, it wouldn't be for rent by any chance, would you know? Uh, I don't know, but... Uh, quite possibly. Uh, you, uh, you could look in on Willie McConnell down by the ferry slip where you come across. He's our local house agent. I expect he'd know. It'd be rather nice to have some neighbors again. Oh, do you live near here? Ah, aye, right up on top of the hill. Crofter's Cottage there. I'm a, I'm a bachelor, so I don't need much room. Uh, oh, by the way... Uh, forgive me for barging in. I saw the door of the church open, and I thought maybe some of the local laddies might be up to switch tricks. We probably had no right to come in, but the door was open. Oh, good heavens. Every right. House of God. And uh, between you and me. So as fate would have it, <laughs> I never realized how ominous that cliche is. That very afternoon, we found Mr. McWannell, and he came right along with us to show us what finally became for us Campbell Cottage. The inside is quite marvelous, Jeff. Everything up to date, and just look at how lovely it is outside. Oh, yes. You mean lovely? All the roses and the jasmine climbing all over it? Otherwise, it would be quite forbidding. By the same token, you'll have to admit it's dirt cheap. And what a location. I can paint and paint, and you can ride out on the rocks there, looking out at the sea, and in the shade of that big oak. There, uh, there's just one problem, Mr. McQuannell. I'm a terrible cook, and I don't want to do any housework. Do you think, could you find a someone who'd be willing to be housekeeper while we're here? Aye. Uh, well, no. I'll see what I can do. I'd be willing to pay anything within reason. Aye. Uh-huh. Well, I could speak to my sister's half-cousin. That would be Bunty. Maybe I could coax her into coming. Oh, would you please? I can't promise, mind you, but I can try. Uh, you'll not be worried or anything like that. Uh, worried about what? Oh, you just never know what kind of strange ideas folks in the parts will take the notion to put in your head. What sort of strange ideas? Oh, havers about things that walk and all in the sights you might see. Anyway, witches and warlocks capering about in their cutty socks. <laughs> uh, well, I'll be off. 
If you decide to take the cottage, we can sign the papers tomorrow morning and I'll give you the key. Don't worry, Mr. McCannell. We'll be here bright and early. We're hooked, aren't we, darling? I looked at my wife, her eyes shining with pleasure and the color returning to her pale cheeks. And I agreed with all my heart. Why didn't I take her hand and run, run as if all hell was behind me? But I didn't. And the next morning we moved in. And Bunty came to stay. Oh, dear. See who that is, Dad. I'm just trying to put the groceries away. All right, I've got it. Ah, good morning. You did, Mr. Burgess. That's right. Willie McQuandle sent me here to see about reading up for you and doing the cooking. Oh, yes. Uh, wait, I wrote your name down. Uh, y- yes, you've been Mrs. Menzies. Uh... You can just call me Bunty. Ah. But I'll come in and have a talk with the lady of the house. And in she came. A little round, rosy-cheeked bundle of a woman with a no-nonsense attitude. And off she went to have her talk with Lorna. And whatever was said when they returned, her forbidding tone was gone and she was all cheer and bustle. Now, the two of you are on holiday, so away out with you and enjoy yourselves while I get a whack at cleaning up this musty old place. Bundy's staying, as you can see, dear. But don't you want some help? You'll help me best by getting out of the way. I'll make you a little picnic and off you'll go. One thing you've got to learn about Scotland is to take advantage of the sun whenever it's shining. But if you'll take my warning, you'll no want to be about much after dark. It was a long golden summer. Mornings we both worked. The book was coming well. And Lorna was painting better than she ever had in her life. Afternoons, as soon as lunch was over, we'd take long walks if the weather allowed. Ending up often as though pulled by a magnet to the old church. It was peaceful and lovely there particularly by night. And Lorna and I dreamed many dreams. Sitting there, I often wondered about those two hard, evil old men who lay in their marble effigies on each side of the altar. After all their crimes and the blood that had stained their hands, had they at the last found peace and rest? The smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. And they have no rest, day or night, who worship the beast and his image. The quote is from Revelation chapter 14, verse 11. It is an apt forecast of what lies ahead. The days were growing shorter and shorter now as September slipped away into October. The twilight came earlier, its half-light holding for a long time, as it does in Scotland. The shadows under Lorna's eyes were gone now. And because they were so happy, Jed and she prolonged their stay. But time for them was growing like the days, shorter and shorter. I'm so very glad to see what my country has done for your health and well-being. It's been a tonic. No, it still is. We're not planning to leave yet, are we? Who said anything about leaving? Anyway, you're the ones who are going while I stack the dishes for Bunty tomorrow. Then I'll bring on the coffee. Uh, can't we help? Uh, if you want a chance to smoke, you better take it now. Come on, we'll go for a stroll outside. Uh, you see, Lorna can't stand my pipe. It's proof positive of how much she loves me. Uh, I don't mind it all that much. He just likes to be a martyr. Uh, not me. 
I can't think of one single cause that's worth dying for, except you, my love. The feeling's mutual. Now, come on. Don't let's talk about dying. Oh, what is it, darling? Nothing. Oh, sorry. No need to be. No, 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 wait, wait. I, I, I've seen that look before. I told you it was nothing. Now, will you take our guest out of here so I can get rid of these dishes? I just couldn't buy the notion of ghosts and clairvoyance or anything mixed up in the occult. At least, not then. Why couldn't I have realized in time? Uh, I wrote it off to just a reaction to my clumsy remark that the wound of her mother's accidental death was still so recent and unhealed. So, I went out with Duncan. Her mother's death quite shattered her, didn't it? Oh, yes. Those were the worst two weeks of, well, our life, I suppose. Lorna because of her mother and me because of Lorna. That's... That's when they put her on the tranquilizers. Yes. Did they help? Well, do you see her now? Yes. You, uh... You seem to have something on your mind, uh, Duncan. What is it? Oh, I'm afraid I'd be out of line. Uh, for one thing, Lorna is not my patient. Oh, look, I'm not asking you as a doctor, but as a friend. Oh, all right. I don't like the tranquilizers. This particular formula can have serious side effects. Well, I haven't noticed any. Well, what do you mean? What sort of side effects? Well, the most serious one might be psychological disorders. Well, if that's all that worries you, I assure you. Huh? Are we both thinking of the same thing? I don't know. There are just some vague signs here and there, little things that tend to add up. Does she have nightmares? A sleepwalk and nothing like that. Oh, no. Well, nightmare, sure. Who doesn't? But hers are sometimes special. It's hard to explain about Lorna. She's very sensitive to things. I, I suppose that's one of the reasons she paints so well. She seems to have sort of, you know, perception, second sight, whatever you want to call them. What sort of perceptions? I'd started the whole subject, so of course I had to tell him about her dreams, about her father and mother's deaths. It sounded sort of silly saying it out loud, and I felt kind of guilty, violating a confidence about my wife, and I trailed off rather lamely. Of course, it's just coincidence. It doesn't mean anything. I'm not so sure. What, you mean it isn't? She really does have ESP? Oh, Lord, no. You'd never get a pragmatist like myself to believe in any spirit nonsense. No, what I mean is that I'm not so sure it doesn't mean anything. What? Uh, back to the pills again. Ah, uh, but uh, it's such a wee worry. The reactions are so few and far apart. I might be making a mountain out of a molehill. Dad, Dunk, where are you? The coffee's getting cold. Well, we'll be right in, darling. And forget what I said. I made too much of it. Just, Just what? Just keep an eye on the pills. Cut down if you can. Even stop them. Better be safe than sorry. What on earth are you two old gossips whispering about? Should my ears be burning? No, but your nose should be itching. Hmm? Why? Because you are going to be kissed by a fool. And the fool kissed her and thought she looked so radiant and happy that all his fears or alarms drained away. What a fool I was. 
for later that night, I had my first chance to get her away and missed it. Are you through in the bathroom, Jed? Just about. Will you bring me a glass of water when you come? Your wish is my command. And hurry. Chilly. I can use a warm body here. Uh, one warm body reporting for duty. Here's your water. I'll put it on the end table. Ooh, is it going to be this cold? Maybe it's time to go home. Oh, no, it isn't. We can't do that yet. Oh, what did you say? I don't... I don't know. What did I say? You said we can't go home yet. Did I? Yes, like we, we had an appointment or something. An appointment? Uh, no, all I meant, I suppose, was I've been so happy here. I just don't want to leave yet. Um... Hand me the water, dear, please. Oh, yeah. If it hasn't frozen solid. What do you want this for, anyway? Just to take my happy pill. Lorna, why don't you cut them out? Why? Well, they... Well, you know, I mean, some people think they might be, well, not dangerous, of course, but... Oh, that's what you and Dunklin had your heads together over tonight. Oh, how did you know? Oh, he picked up the prescription bottle when he was over last week. And I could tell he was dying to say something, but in his gruff, close Scottish way, he decided against it. Why does he say they're dangerous? Well, he didn't exactly say they were dangerous. He was talking about side effects. Well, or... I certainly haven't had any. Oh, look, honey, just, just forget what I said. Let's enjoy the rest of our vacation here as long as it lasts. <laughs> or in this cold as long as we last. <laughs> Hindsight, every phrase haunts me. As long as it lasts. It wasn't to be very long. But the days following that cold night held no premonition of the terror to come. Suddenly, the weather was balmy again. The mists dried away till the air was crystal clear and the sun floated lazily in high blue skies like our Indian summer. Lorna was breathless at the riot of color everywhere, and she was now embarked on a large oil canvas of our church on the hill. One day, I had left her there and gone down to the house to pick up a picnic lunch from Bunty. I found Bunty on the stone step outside the main door, squinting in the bright sun, her shawl about her shoulders, gazing anxiously up the path to the church. Did you leave the little missus up there all alone? Oh, wild horses wouldn't tear her away from the church till her painting was finished. I don't know. It's no place to be left alone, even during the day. Oh, a church, for heaven's sakes, Bunty. A church, and not a church. It's no my kirk. An ill place it is, and always has been. I've got your picnic basket inside. If you'll come in the kitchen with me, I've got a question to ask. And I've got a couple of to ask myself. Now, what do you want to know, Bunty? Will you be leaving soon now, Mr. Burgess? Leaving? Oh, well, I don't know how soon. Why? Well, I thought from Mr. McQuannell that you'd only be here for the summer. Well, yes, that was our original idea. But, well, with the glorious weather, we've decided to stay. At least as long as it lasts. Aye. Hmm. Well, it'll be all right, I should think. You'll be off in time. In time? For what? I'll no just mention that for the now... Here's your basket, all ready to go. Uh, yeah, not quite yet, Bunty. I remember I said I also had a couple of questions. Ah, so you did. Yes, it's about that old church up there. I've asked around, but no one seems to know its real history, or at least to talk about. That would be so. But you seem to. Well, can you tell me anything about it? It's a black and bloody place. 
And the devil keeps his worship there. Oh, come on, Bunty. You can't feel that strongly just because it's another denomination. I'm not talking about the now. I have nothing against old Minster Clachan and the skinty few that make their prayers there today. But you asked about the history. It was built with blood and plunder. And those who tried to buy eternal peace after sins that would turn even the soot on the devil's face as white as flour. Well, that's pretty graphic. Ask a foolish question. (laughs) I I suppose those two knights in marble on each side of the altar had something to do with it. hmm? Sir Ian and Sir Seamus Douglas. Their ancestors built the church to beg God not to visit the sins of those two upon their heads. Uh So their name wasn't Campbell... But this was once their house. Stolen, like everything else. The brothers came to lie as honored guests in this house, and then in cowardice and perfidy, rose up by night to slaughter mother, father, brother, servants, and all who paid homage to the lord of the manor, save only one, the daughter of the house. Oh, and what happened to her? They fell out in quarrel over her, and went to fighting for her like the brutes they were. And Seamus, with his claymore, struck Ian's head from his shoulders till it rolled on the ground. And then he turned to claim his prey. But she, poor Bonnie lass, fought against him in his bloody desire till he seized her about the neck, forgetting his own strength. Of a sudden, it snapped. So he was cheated of his prey. For two days he mourned his loss, until the Lord, in his wrath, hurled a lightning bolt that set the house and all in it to burn to ashes like a funeral pyre. Hmm. So, that's the legend, is it? Oh, it's no legend. It's the truth. Oh, and how would you know, Bunty? My name is Menzies. As I told you, I am Highland-born. Our blood runs thick, and on the woman's side we all have second sight. The story has been passed by word of mouth from mother to daughter for generations more than I can count. And you'll no one to leave your wee wife alone up there in that place too long. Here's the basket. Be off with you. Oh, yes, I should get along. But I I would like to talk to you more about that. No, I've said enough. I'll hope not to refer to it again. But it's good you'll be going soon. <laughs> Are you trying to chase us away? It's not up to me. Oh, you don't think I believe all that nonsense? That is up to you. Just one more thing I might tell you. Oh, what's that? The name of the lass who died rather than be shamed. It was Lorna. Lorna Campbell. Coincidence again? After all, Lorna is not an uncommon Scottish name. So is Campbell. And yet, another question. Is Bunty sincere in her superstitious beliefs? Or does she have some reason for wanting to frighten Jed and Lorna away? I'll return shortly with Act Three. Dr. Samuel Johnson, who said, Fear is implanted in us as a preservation from evil, but its duty is not to overbear reason. His countryman Edmund Burke had another definition. 
Early and provident fear is the mother of safety. In Jed Burgess's position, which would you have listened to? Climbing the hill to the church with a picnic basket, the cloud of Bunty's brooding, eerie legend weighed heavily on me. I hurried round the churchyard wall and down the beer back, a partly paved walk in the shadow of branching yews, so named because it was the way corpses were carried to burial. Coming out of the dark, I blinked for a moment in the bright sunlight, and then suddenly I felt a clutch of fear. Ahead of me stood Lorna's easel, the canvas resting on it, pallets and paint box lying on a nearby tree trunk. But where was Lorna? 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 I'm here, dear. Oh, well, where? Inside the church. Come on in a moment. Oh, dear. yes. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll be right with you. What on earth took you so long? Oh, I got talking to Bunty. What are you doing in here? I got so hot under the sun waiting for you. I came in here to cool off. Oh. What were you talking to Bundy about? Oh, just local gossip. You feeling all right? Yes. Why? Well, the sun isn't that hot. You have a fever or something? Of course not. What's the matter with my wanting to be in the shade for a little? Oh, nothing. I just thought it was strange. The sun seemed hot to you. What a busybody. All right. I just used that as an excuse. Oh, an excuse for what? I didn't want you to start... Well, you know, teasing me, putting me on about... About what? Oh, you know, my ESP or whatever you want to call it. Jed, I'd... I'd stopped painting and was just sitting there, half asleep, waiting for you, when I thought I... I... I heard a voice calling me from inside the church. Oh, sort of a voice. A man. At first I thought it might be you. It was just my name and it only called once. But suddenly, I can't explain it, Jed, but I had this, this feeling that I had to get up and come in here to the church. Why? I don't know. It was like I was commanded to. And, and you came here to the marble statues? To this one. Why this one? Do you think he called you? I don't think. I know he did. Why? I don't know that. Lorna, I think we've just about had it here on this island. I think it's time to pack up and leave. No. Well, look, what's to hold us here? Now I know. Now I see it. What? What? The painting. It hasn't been working out. I wanted to capture the whole feeling of this church, the, the island, and it wasn't going right. But now I see it all. It's, it's from the wrong angle. But look at it from here, Jed. These two old villains in the foreground, the altar with the stained glass windows in the middle, and the heather and the rocks and the sea through the plain glass ones, each on each side, framing them as a background. It's perfect. How long will it take? I don't know. But I do know it's something I have to do. I'll be ready to leave just as soon as it's finished. Okay. But that's a promise. It's a promise. The moment it's finished. How could I know it would never be finished? The first cloud on our extended summer horizon came from Bunty. To tell the truth, I'd completely forgotten 
a harsh, cruel old legend as I was driving to try to finish my book before we left. Till one day, she surprised me. I thought it best to come to you, sir. I want to give my notice. Notice? I... When? I'll see through Saturday. But I'll no be back after that. But, But why, Bunty? I thought you promised to stay as long as the good weather lasts. I did, but it's going to break. I will not stay here through Monday. And neither should you. But why? I told you I was afraid. Of what? Of them two. Who? Sir Seamus and Sir Ian. Oh, Oh, we're back to them again. They've been dead for a thousand years. Their bodies still lie in the church, drawn out in man-sized marble. But they're cold stone, Bunty, and their ghosts are quiet enough. We haven't heard hide nor hair of them all summer. It's no summer, the more. It's close to the end of the old year. The end of the... Oh, that's right. In the old Celtic calendar, October the 31st was the last day of the year. And on its eve, all the witches and warlocks rise to their wicked revels. And they do say, that same night, them two bodies up there sit up on their marble slabs, gets off them, and walks down the aisle in their marble armor, out through the church door as soon as the dark falls... And along the beer walk. And if it's a wet night, you'll find the marks of their feet in the morning. And where do they go? Back here to their home. And if anyone meets them... Yes, what then? If you value your life, or your wee wife's life, you'll no be here to find out. Oh, really, Jen. The idea of those two poor old white statues lumbering about stiffly isn't scary. It's funny. Like the white king and Alice through the looking glass. Yeah, well, just the same. It's the reason Bundy's leaving. <laughs> but no reason for us to leave. Actually, I'd enjoy a last week or so here on Mull. The two of us alone. Yes, if the weather holds up. Who cares about the weather? Just as long as we're together. <laughs> oh, darling, I love you. Mm, me too. <sighs> what would I do without you? Just don't ever try. Oh, damn. What is it? Just one thing. When you go to town for the mail, mm-hmm. will you phone Dr. Pleasance and have him send along some more pills? I don't want to be without them either. So Bunty left. Not without admonishments to lock the door Monday night and make the sign of the cross at the doors and windows. And Sunday was a long, lazy, lovely day, marred by only one slight mishap. Coming back from her painting down the path from the church, Lorna stumbled and twisted her ankle. Jed, stop worrying. It's nothing. Well, maybe I ought to get Duncan to come down and have a look at it. No, you're not going to bother him on his day off. All right, well, at least I am going to get the dinner. Okay. I'll let you dance attendance on me if you want. Know what? What? This is kind of fun, isn't it? <laughs> I really don't miss Bundy a bit. We can make do, can't we? Uh, sure, I guess so. If it's not too long. Oh, it won't be long now. And it wasn't to be. That night, Lorna slept fitfully for the first time in ages. I wrote it off to her sore ankle, and in the morning, I didn't wake her. Whacking away on the typewriter at the last chapter in my book, the morning went by without my thinking about what day it was. I had a great urge to finish, partly induced, I guess, because the weather had finally turned. Jess? 
Why didn't you wake me? Oh, I didn't have the heart, Lorna. You didn't sleep very well. Was it, was it your ankle? No, it's, uh, it's all right. Weather, maybe. Hmm. I can always feel a storm coming. That and uh, medication running out over the weekend. I sure hope it's arrived by this morning. Would you mind going down to the post office to see? No, no, no. Of course not. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to start packing. I want to get away from here. Oh, that suits me. Your painting finished? No. I just want to go. Well, well what's wrong, honey? Oh, nothing. She should have told me while there was still time to get off the island, but she didn't. There was no mail at the post office. And I stopped off to settle with Mr. McWannell and tell him that we'd be leaving the next day. It was mid-afternoon by the time I got home. It's almost dark enough to turn the lights on already. Yeah, it looks like we're in for a bad storm. Oh, I wish we'd gotten away. So do I. I'm so... so jumpy. If only at least my pills had come. Jeff. Yes, yes, honey. I don't think I could take another night like last night. I suppose maybe Duncan... Even feeling the way he does. Oh, oh, certainly he would give you something. I suppose maybe you could run up there now quickly and ask him before it gets dark or the storm hits. Well, sure. Why don't you come with me? I can't. My ankle's bothering me a little. Yeah, I hate to leave you alone. It'll be all right. Just hurry back with something to calm my nerves. She came to the door with me. Outside, the light was fading fast. And the sky was a churning mass of great black clouds. Maybe I shouldn't send you out like this. Well, it's now or never. Hurry back. Now, you lock that door tight till you hear my knock. I will. Goodbye, darling. I had the impulse to tear the door open on that goodbye. But I never did. Instead, I hurried up the hill. I was glad I brought the torch, for all of a sudden the darkness closed down and it was black as night. I was passing the church when the first flash of lightning came. And I thought that I saw some movement through the thick yew trees that arched over the beer walk. I stopped to listen as the thunder died away. Something about the special sound of those footsteps sent me circling around the graveyard to the church. The heavy door was swinging in the wind, and that strange something pulled me like a magnet through it and into the church, up to the altar. And in another jagged flash of lightning, my heart gave a sickening leap as I saw that the bodies drawed out in marble, the two statues were gone. In the dark, numbly disbelieving, I stretched out my hand to run it over the smooth slab. And then, in the light of another lightning bolt, I could verify that neither figure was there. In a sudden mad panic, I rushed from the church into the beer walk. And there, in its dark, I plunged headlong into... Oh, no, oh, no you don't. Hold let on. Let me go. Let me go. Don't go in there. What's the matter with you, man? You want to be struck by lightning if it hits those huge trees? No, you don't understand. The marble figures, the knights, they're gone from the church. Evie, your doctor, so tranquilized. Let me go, let me go. I tell you, I, I've seen the bare slab. All right, all right. Till this blows over, we'll, we'll go in and you'll show the He 
was a powerful man physically, and he half wrestled me into the church. Behind us, the storm seemed to die away as fast as it had come. There, there they are, man, large as life. No. So much for your missing figures. No, but it, it, it must have been some trick of light. No doubt, no doubt. Still, still, hey, there's been some mischief afoot here. What? What, where? Someone's broken a finger off at this one's hand. Uh, oh, the laddies and their Halloween pranks. Halloween. The 31st of October, the last day. Duncan, come on, as fast as we can. I've got to get back to my wife. Do I have to tell you what we found? The house was ablaze with candles. The lights must have failed. They were stuck everywhere. Candlesticks, vases, ornaments, the mantle. Light was always Laura's defense against the unknown. But this time, she'd had no defense. She lay in a little crumpled heap, one hand clasped tightly about something, her head at such an... I knew before Duncan told me. I'm... I'm sorry, Jim. No doubt. She's dead. How? A broken neck. I can see that. I ask you how. Uh, she must have tripped. Fallen. Uh, well, what's that touched in her hand? Here, let me see. from the statue. What else is there to say? Those two massive dead white figures stomping through the wild night in their marble armor will haunt me the rest of my life. Did Lorna expect them? Was there something in her voice and her visions that drew her inexorably back to her appointment with the death of another girl named Lorna, suffered ten centuries before. I don't know. I don't even want to know. I'll be back shortly. Twenty-four hours after Jed Burgess took his poor dead wife away, a huge electrical storm swept the island. This time, the bolt of lightning struck the church. The force of the blow defeating the old architects by tumbling the walls inward. Somewhere in the mass of rubble, that is all that remains, lie the powdered fragments of those bodies drawn in marble that will never walk again. Our cast includes Paul Hecht, Roberta Maxwell, Francis Sternhagen, and Fred Gwynn. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs>